Okay, Luke chapter 1. No, chapter 19 and verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possession to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay him back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. And for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. You know, um, I've been coming here a, 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 a couple of times, a couple of uh, weeks to services, and it's great to see how God is using the potential of the church. And there's a danger when you get a minister. There's a great danger that you let it be a man, one-man band. And it were never meant to be that way. It were always meant to be the body. And... Um, it was good. Different people leading. Don't know why I'm not leading. Well, I'm leading. To, I, I apologize why I'm leading tonight, this morning. I don't know why that is, but I am. But different people leading, different people reading, different people praying, and it's good. Uh, different gifts coming out, yeah? So I guess the first thing I really want to do is uh, encourage you all in the journey. Encourage you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, Amen. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Uh, Peter, who's not here this morning, a couple of weeks ago, he was speaking on the Passover, and I thought that was really good. I really enjoyed it. It was a great, a great word and a great service. Uh, Debbie, Debbie was speaking uh, a few weeks ago, and I love Debbie's title. That uh, almost there, but not far enough. Didn't think I was listening, did you? <laughs> Great title, almost there, but not far enough. And so I'm thinking, well, okay, if I was to put a title on what I was um, what I was going to speak on this morning, it would be, it's time to climb down. It's time to come down. That would be my my title, and I don't do titles, so that would be it. It's time to come down. So I wonder, did you ever climb a tree when you were little? Anybody? Did you climb a tree? Did you ever get like up to the top and you were a little bit scared before you to, to come down because it seemed high? Anyone ever got stuck up in a tree? <laughs> did you? How did you get down then? You fell down. All oh, right, broke your arm. Yeah, that wasn't a good idea. So climbing trees, when we were kids, we used to climb trees. I mean, we would only be 11 and we'd go right to the top, as I as this, and we'd jump from tree to tree. We were fearless when we were kids. We were fearless. I wonder if that's when Jesus says, you know, unless you come as a small child, as a child, a kid, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Because we're fearless when we're kids, but when we get a little bit older, our fear kicks in, doesn't it? Oh, well, what will such and such a person think? Well, I can't sing too loud, I'm out of tune anyway, and they'll say something, or I can't do this and I can't do this. You know, in God, 
I can works. I can works in God. And so, yeah, you just climbed a tree. And like I said, title of a message would be to climb down or to get off your pedestal. That's a good one, isn't it? Come down off your pedestal. What tree are we climbing? So we're going to have a look at uh, Zacchaeus in Luke 19. But before we do that, I want to go to the end. Luke, I don't know if you... Uh, I like Luke's gospel because Luke, for me, is like the private investigator of the scriptures. He was a Gentile. He was a doctor. He was a very learned man. And he heard these stories about Jesus and he wanted to find out are they true. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? Have you ever seen, you've heard some news and you want to go and find out if it's true? Luke did that for us. Not bad, eh? God put it down on paper so we could, so we could read it. And that's Luke. That's what he did. He brought all this information. So what we read in Luke is, um, he's heard these amazing stories and he thinks, right, I need to go and find out if they're true. And I believe what God wants us to do in the Bible, he wants us to step in. So I hope for stepping into the scriptures this morning. He wants us to step in and become part of it. Not just be at arm's length and not just look at it, but become part of it. And so in Luke chapter 18, the last from verse 35, and I think we might have uh, that, Marilyn, I think we have. In verse 35 to 42, listen this, this is, this is all about Jesus. We've been singing about Jesus, uh, we've been worshipping Jesus, this is Jesus. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, he's on a journey. First thing we need to know, Jesus is on a journey. It said a blind man was just sitting there by the roadside begging. And then he'd heard the crowd going by and he asked what is happening. He can't see. He's blind. But he can hear. This blind man. Imagine if you're in the crowd and you see this blind fellow sat at the side of the road. And you're there with Jesus and you can see and you can see the crowd but he can't see. He sat there. He heard the crowd going by and he said, what's happening? He asked to ask, he needs the information. And they said, oh, Jesus of Nazareth, he's passing by. I wonder, has Jesus ever passed you by and you've let him just go by without saying anything? You know, when I think in my realisation of Jesus being the Son of God and that he can make such an impact and a difference in my life, I wonder how many times I just let him pass by. People saying, you know, oh, you want to come to church? Come to church. Yeah, it's not for me. Come to church, yeah, it's not for me. You need to follow Jesus, yeah, well, if that's what you want to do, it's not for me. Let him pass by. Let him pass by. But he said, Jesus passing by, so what he called out even more, Jesus, son of David, he said, even louder, have mercy on me. He'd heard about this Jesus. He'd heard about this Jesus. Word had got to him. The crowd must have been going. There'd have been some at the front of the crowd. There'd have been Jesus in the middle. There'd have been all around him. But it would have been a large crowd, you can imagine. Imagine if you were in that crowd. He called out, have mercy on me. And then it says, those who led the way, the first ones that came to this fellow that sat there, Jesus, son of David, shut up. Be quiet. Be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, this blind man. Well, I think he would want mercy, don't you? If you were blind, sat at the side of the road and you heard about this fella called Jesus, would you have wanted to shout? Knowing that he's a healer. Knowing. He's, he's your chance. Here's my chance to see again. Are you going to miss that? Are you going to let him pass by? No, I don't think so, do you? I don't think so. Sometimes, the more desperate we are, the greater our desire to really see. Amen? Sometimes, I don't know, we've been like really rock bottom. Who found Jesus when it was like the rock bottom? 
I found Jesus at rock bottom. I did. When I, I, what's life all about? What's the point? I started asking. I started looking. That's when I found Jesus. And that's when this fella, that's where he is. Those who led away rebuked him and told him, be quiet. And then he shouted all the more. And then it said Jesus stopped. And he said, the man, he ordered the man to be brought to him. Bring him here. Don't tell him to be quiet. Bring him here now. He ordered. He said, bring him here. Jesus knew what he was going to do. That's what gets me about this next this next verse. Jesus knew what he was going to do. It's what he said. When he came near to him, Jesus said, uh, what do you want me to do for you? Hello? I'm blind, can't see. What a question. What do you want me to do for you, says Jesus. I wonder if Jesus was to ask you today, Steve, what do you want me to do for you? Debbie, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, Peter, what do you want me to do for you? If it was Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see. He replied. Wow. Imagine, you're in the crowd. Imagine that. Imagine that the blind guy, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Verse 43. Immediately. Immediately. He received his sight and followed Jesus praising God. Yeah, well, I'll bet he were. I'll bet he were praising God. Leaping, jumping up and out. You would, wouldn't you? Imagine you couldn't see and now you can see. Oh my goodness. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be wonderful. When all the people saw it, they praised God. What a saviour. This is our God. This is your Jesus and my Jesus. This is him. Why would you want to let him pass by? Why would we not want him to come into our lives? Jesus opened his eyes. He couldn't see, but now he can see. The interesting thing is when his eyes were closed, he could see. <laughs> because he could see that Jesus had the answer. So although his eyes were closed, he could see. He knew. What do you want to do for me? I want to see. I want to see. What do you want to do for me? And then we're going to look at this Zacchaeus one, and the two kind of like link together. It's quite, it's quite good that. Actually also in chapter 18, if you read it, it starts off with the parable of the persistent widow, which is Jesus uses a parable as a story to explain to people, keep praying and don't give up. Keep praying and don't give up. What are you going through at the moment and you're waiting for an answer? Don't give up. Keep praying. It works. It's amazing. And then, he, and, and as you journey through this chapter, you come, the rich man comes to him. And, he, and uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he comes to him. And then he also tells a parable about the Pharisee and the tax collector. And the Pharisee and the tax collector. And you've got the Pharisee, thank you Lord that I'm great, I'm not like these rubbish people over here, I tithe and I worship you and I give everything and uh, then you've got the tax collector who stands at a distance, don't come near and beats his chest and says, Lord would you forgive me for I am Lord, unworthy a real a real you know, comparison there, a real, a real change, a real opposite there, you've got the fella that's religious thinking he's there and you've got the fella there that is just so desperate so knows, so honest. And all that is in this same chapter, and then we come to this at the end. And also in that chapter is about letting the little children come to me. It's a great chapter, chapter 18. Luke 18. Fall in love with your Bibles, people. 
Fall in love with Jesus. It's amazing. Don't leave it to once a week or twice a week. Just fall in love with Jesus. It's the most amazing thing you can do. So in Zacchaeus, Jesus again entered Jericho and was passing through. He's passing through. Jesus was passing through. The blind man shouting. Now he's passing through again. And then it says, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. So he had everything, you would think. Very wealthy man. Very wealthy man. Chief tax collector. And he wanted to see who Jesus was. He could see. But he couldn't see. He could see. But he couldn't see. He wanted to see with his eyes. Who is this Jesus? What's he look like? What's he look like? Who is he? He must have heard about him. So what did he do? His problem was he was small. He was short. So he couldn't see over the crowd. He was too little. And he just couldn't see. And he's looking and he's jumping. He can't see what can I do. And he's looking around. And I love this guy because he looks for a way to solve the problem. Anybody got any, anybody a problem solver? Who's a problem solver? Come on, put your hand up if you solve problems. I'm a natural problem solver. When something goes, I've got to fix it. Okay, who's a person that wants to fix stuff? Is that in you? No? Yeah? Don't be shy. We're all friends here. I'm a problem solver. If something breaks, I want to fix it. It irritates people sometimes because I just want to fix it. I can't help it. Sometimes not everything needs fixes straight away. Have you noticed that? Anyway. He's got a problem. He's little. They probably didn't have a ladder. He didn't have a ladder. Jesus passing by. He wasn't going through the town, in and out of the villages, in and out of the houses. So he wouldn't climb up on an house. He's got to think, right, okay, Jesus is going to be walking that way through the wilderness. Where can I see him? Because I'm too little. That's what he's going to be thinking. How can I see this Jesus? I'm too small. Can't see. I'm down here. Can't see anything. And he spots a tree. Okay. He ran ahead. Thinks, right, run ahead. Ran ahead with his little legs and climbed up a tree. Zacchaeus. Because he knew that Jesus was coming that way. You know, sometimes we hear stories about Jesus coming our way and we go the opposite way for fear. Sometimes we do. What if God wants to? We sang that song, he is changing me. Put your hand up if Jesus has been changing you. Come on. Why don't you say to the person next to me, Jesus has been changing me. Do you know Jesus has been changing me? He's changing me. I'm going to tell you he's changing me. And I love it. I don't want to be the person before he changed me, do you? Would you like to go back? Put your hand up if he wants to go back. Wouldn't it be funny if you all put your hand up? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> no. So, there you go. He's found his tree. He's up the tree. Because he knows Jesus coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, I love this, Jesus got to the spot of the tree and they must have just been walking past. The crowd must, half of the crowd must have gone forward anyway. And then Jesus coming along and he's surrounded by people and they come to this tree and Jesus stops. Wow, he just stopped. Imagine, he stopped. And he said, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Come down immediately. He knew his name. Do you know Jesus knows your name? He knew his name. When Gary did the knocking on the door, sketch for us, when Jesus was knocking on my life, he said, Peter, will you open the door? Peter, will you open the door? I just want to come in. 
Yeah, but Lord, no, 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 yeah, but Peter, come in. I'll make your life better. I will improve your situation. I will step into your situation. I will step into your life. All the sins that you ever committed, all the burden of it, I'm going to lift off. Anybody felt that when they got saved? The burden just lifts off the sins. Did you not feel light, lighter? I did. Amazing. Jesus says to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. He came down. What if Zacchaeus stayed up the tree? There's a thought. What if Zacchaeus never came down out of the tree? Jesus would have just passed him by. Passed him by, wouldn't he? I know people who stay up the tree. Jesus shouting at them and talking to them and saying, come down, I want to get to know you, but they're still up the tree. Why spend your life up a tree when you can come down the tree and go and have dinner with Jesus? <laughs> it's a win-win, isn't it? The best restaurant with Jesus, the Lord. Come down out of the tree. Come down out of the tree. But it, so he came down and he said, at once... He came down and he welcomed him gladly. Oh my goodness, this was more than Zacchaeus ever imagined. He only wanted to see him. He only wanted to look. What's he look like? He hadn't made dinner. He just wanted to see him. But Jesus wanted to see him. And Jesus wants to see you and he wants to see me. And he wants us to come down out of the tree and he wants to have dinner with us and he wants to do life with us together. This Jesus, that's what he wants to do. He began to mutter, people then began to mutter and they said, he's going to be the guest of a sinner. Remember I told you in chapter 18, it talks about the tax collector and the Pharisee. And the tax collector beats his breast and says, Lord, you know, have mercy on me. The people were the Pharisees, a religious lot. He's a sinner. He's a sinner, is this tax collector. Why would you want to go and have dinner with a sinner? To have nothing to do, he robs us. He's horrible. He's an horrible little man. You can imagine him. The tongue's wagging and I'm going to go at little Zacchaeus. Poor little chap. (laughs) But it said, listen to this, it said, Zacchaeus stood up. I like that. I wonder if when he stood up, they said stand up. No, I said, (laughs) come on. Have you ever said that to somebody, little people? Oh, my mum was only little, you know, bless her. She was lovely. And she was only little. And when she stand up, I said, Mum, are you not standing up? And she just gave me a belt. She was lovely. But, Come on and stand up. So he stood up. He says, I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> Look, Lord, here and now, I give half my possessions. Half of everything I've got. I'm going to give it to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone, if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Four times the amount. And Jesus said to him today, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. This man too is a son of Abraham. You know in the previous one in the, in, in, in the chapter 18, Luke 18 with blind Bartimaeus, who couldn't see in the physical. But he could see in his heart and he could see that Jesus had all the answers and Jesus opened him because Jesus said to him, your faith, it is our faith that enables us to see. It is our faith that enables us to understand because none of it makes sense through our eyes. None of this makes any sense through the natural eye, does it? Or is that just me that thinks that? 
Doesn't make sense, does it? Does it really? What do you think? Who thinks it makes sense? Does it make sense? Doesn't make sense, does it, through the natural eye? Because it's spiritual. And in the, and we are flesh and blood, and until we're born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, we cannot we don't have the translation for the scriptures because we need it by the Spirit. Amen? Would you agree? We need to be filled with the Spirit to enable us to translate the scriptures. And he says, and he couldn't see, and then in this in this one, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was up in the tree. And he looked and he just wanted to see, but he couldn't yet see. But Jesus saw that he was searching. Jesus saw something deeper. You see, Zacchaeus had everything, but he had nothing. Prove that with the crowd all condemning him, calling him. He's a cheat. He's a robber. I mean, they didn't have a good word to say about him, did they? Not only is he small and can't see in a crowd as if he's not got enough against him. Now he's no friends anyway. I mean, he's really at the bottom. Isn't he? He's not in a great place, is he, Zacchaeus? I don't think he is. Who'd want to be a Zacchaeus? Well, I'd want to be him because Jesus came after. <laughs> because Jesus came to have dinner with her. That would be great, wouldn't he? But I don't think I'd want to be the Zacchaeus before he met Jesus, would you? And actually, I don't want to be the Peter Falls before I met Jesus either. And whatever your name is, if you've met Jesus, I don't think you'd want to be the old you. I don't think you would. Because Jesus changes us. And Jesus changed Zacchaeus in a moment. And and he, and he brought to him salvation. He brought to him uh, amazing, an amazing sense of freedom. Because he realised that even though he had all the wealth and a nice house probably, he had everything, he actually had nothing. He actually had nothing. But in Jesus, he discovered everything. So I wonder... Have we ever climbed a tree and we've been too afraid to get down? Have you ever climbed a tree? I believe that today Jesus is passing by in this place. The salvation of Jesus Christ is open to everybody. He said, let the little children come to me. He said, whoever, whoever opens their heart, whoever's, whoever confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart, Believes in their heart, they shall be saved. Did you know that? It's brilliant. It's an amazing gift. An amazing gift. Perhaps, perhaps you too would like Jesus to come into your house today. Have you ever, have you ever opened your life to Jesus? Have you ever invited Jesus into your heart, into your house? When's the last time that you did it? Was it way back when? Do you know what? If it was way back when, then it's time you did it again. Because let's face it, we invite our friends round for dinner, don't we? Eh? We do, don't we? We invite our friends round to for dinner. Jesus is a friend, a friend of sinners. I don't know about you, but I'm a sinner, but battling through it. I never get it all right, do you? Do you ever get it all right? Do you ever get it that wrong that you're so irritated by yourself? I do. You get it so wrong, you th- I can't believe I've done that. It's not just me, eh? It's not just me. And when I do that, you know, our God, he just forgives me. He just forgives me. He does. He says, come on down, Peter. Let's go and have something to eat. Let's have a chat. <laughs> Let's have a chat. Have something to eat. In this situation, Zacchaeus was up in the tree and Jesus was looking up, saying, 
come down. And there's a real twist to this because later on, when Jesus is crucified, he's up in a tree. Jesus finds himself nailed to a tree. Later on, Matthew 27, and it said, those who passed by hurled insults at him. That's what it says. Shaking their heads saying, come down from the cross. Come down. If you are the son of God. If you are the son of God. And then they said he saved others, but he can't save himself. Let him come down now. You see, Jesus had to stay up in the tree for you and me. He didn't need to be come down. He didn't need to climb down. He couldn't climb down because he'd already had a word with his dad in the garden. And he said, if there's any other way, is there another way? No, son, you're going to have to climb that tree. Is there another way? Can I come down another way? No, you've got us. I'll get you down, don't worry. Just climb and trust me. And he died and crucified for you and I. And then the Lord, our Father God, lifted him down and he raised three days later. That is our Jesus. It's amazing. Wonderful miracle. It was very shortly after this. And I love the scriptures for that reason because the message goes right through the whole lot. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. One story goes into another about the gospel message, about Jesus, about the good news. It's amazing that for those who can see with faith, those who can see with faith and go hungry and thirsty, they find Jesus in an amazing way and Jesus comes running to them. And those who can't see, those who can't see, if they would just ask, he'll open their eyes. So, it's quarter to twelve. We've done quite well, really. And uh, I wonder where you are. I wonder. What is your vision? What is your line of sight? Can you see? Uh, do we need to go spec savers? Do we need to go spec savers to help us to see a little bit clearer? Do we need to ask a friend to help us to see a little bit clearer? You know, as we get older, it was funny. I was saying to Eric when I was gonna, I was gonna bring my bass, play my bass, and I said, "Oh, I've just got too much on this morning. If I play my bass as well, I will be in trouble." I said, "No, I'll not do that. I'll do that again." But I said, anyway, I need glasses to be able to see. And Eric said, yeah, as you get older, you find that your eyesight doesn't go as well. Is that true? It's true, isn't it? As you get older, your eyesight isn't as good, isn't it? You know, sometimes we can get older in our faith, our Christian faith, and we can lose that first love that we first had, and our eyesight just isn't as clear as it perhaps might be. As we get older. And I don't know how old you are in your faith, but what's your eyesight like? Can you see clearly? Or do you need an eye test? Do you need Jesus, the optician, the great physician, to just tweak a little bit and just help you see more clearly? What, what, what do you need to see for your life? What do you need to see for your situation? Can you see clearly what's coming ahead? Can you see clearly? Do you have situations and you can't really see? What do you need to see? What do you need to see for a pastor if you're going to have a pastor? What do you need to see for the future? All these things we need to see, don't we? Can I suggest, go to Jesus. Seek Jesus in prayer. Prayer, persistent prayer. And ask him to help you see. Ask him to help you see. So I want to pray this morning and bring this 
little word to an end. And I want to pray. And uh, I wonder if you'd pray with me. And I'm going to ask, as we pray, it might be that you just want to see clearly in your situation. So I'm just, just going to ask you to stand where you are. I'm a great believer, you see, had Zacchaeus not come out of the tree. Jesus would not have had tea and he'd have passed him by. Had blind Bartimaeus not have shouted I top of his voice, Jesus, son of David, Jesus would have passed him by. Sometimes we have to shout or do something in the physical, in our physical realm to show God that we mean business. When we worship, we lift our hands because we want to show God that we mean business because we really know him. When we give our lives to Jesus, we stand up and say, yeah, I want to give my life to Jesus. When we have difficulty and we need help, we say, Lord, I need your help. It's a great, great thing to do. So let me pray. And it might be, like I said, the might, you might be in a place where you just need uh, that real guidance from God. So... As we pray, any time throughout this prayer that I'm praying now, if you feel that you just need God to notice you, to say, come down, I want to come and have tea, I'm going to invite you to stand. That's it, that's the invitation. You stand at any time. I'm going to pray and then at the end we'll, we'll, we'll sing in Christ alone. Father, I want to thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We pray, Father, that you send your Holy Spirit amongst us. Those of us, Lord God, that just want to uh, bring the situation to you this morning. We're going to stand, oh God. We just want to stand in our place because we mean business, Father. I want to stand today, oh God. I just want to stand because I want you to see me, Lord. I want you to see me and I want you to know that I want to see you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And I just pray this morning. I pray, Father God, for those of us who don't yet see and don't really know you, but want to know you, Lord God, that you'd enable us to find you. I pray, Father God, this morning, that your word, oh God, for those who want a healing touch from you, Lord God, today, that you'll see them, oh God, and you'll lay your hand upon them, you'll bring healing. I want to thank you, Father, for that. I want to thank you, Lord God, that you provide all things. You provide us with all things, oh God. And I pray right now, in the name of Jesus, that you would... Touch our lives and touch our hearts.